Section 3 of Vegetarianism and Occultism. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Andrea Fiore. Vegetarianism and Occultism by C. W. Leadbeater. Section 3. Less Disease. Second, because many diseases come from this loathsome habit of devouring dead bodies. Here again, I could easily give you a long list of quotations, but as before, I will be satisfied with a few. Dr. Josiah Oldfield, MRCS, LRCP, writes, Flesh is an unnatural food, and therefore tends to create functional disturbances. As it is taken in modern civilizations, it is infected with such terrible diseases readily communicable to man as cancer, consumption, fever, intestinal worms, etc., to an enormous extent. There is little need to wonder that flesh-eating is one of the most serious causes of the diseases that carry off ninety-nine out of every hundred people that are born. Sir Edward Saunders tells us, Any attempt to teach mankind that beef and beer are not necessary for health and efficiency must be good, and must tend to thrift and happiness, and as this goes on, I believe we shall hear less of gout, Bright's disease, and trouble with the liver and the kidneys in the former, and less of brutality and wife-beating and murder in the latter. I believe that the tendency is towards vegetarian diet, that it will be recognized as fit and proper, and that the time is not far distant when the idea of animal food will be found revolting to civilized man. Sir Robert Christison, M.D., asserts positively that the flesh and secretions of animals affected with carbuncular diseases, analogous to anthrax, are so poisonous that those who eat the product of them are apt to suffer severely, the disease taking the form either of inflammation of the digestive canal or of an eruption of one or more carbuncles. Dr. A. Kingsford of the University of Paris says, Animal meat may directly endanger many painful and loathsome diseases. Scrofula itself, that fecund source of suffering and death, not improbably owes its origin to flesh-eating habits. It is a curious fact that the word scrofula is derived from scrafa, a sow. To say that one has scrofula is to say that he has swine's evil. In his fifth report to the Privy Council in England, we find Professor Gamgee stating that one-fifth of the total amount of meat consumed is derived from animals killed in a state of malignant disease while Professor A. Winter Blythe, FRCS, writes, Economically speaking, flesh is not necessary, and meat seriously diseased may be so prepared as to look like fairly good meat. Many an animal with advanced diseases of the lung yet shows to the naked eye no appearance in the flesh which differs from the normal. Dr. M. K. Coombs, in the article above quoted, remarks, We have many substitutes for meat which are free from the deleterious effects 
of that food upon the animal economy, namely, in the production of rheumatism, gout, and all other kindred diseases, to say nothing of cerebral congestion, which frequently terminates in apoplexy and venal diseases of one kind and another, migraine and many other such forms of headache, resulting from the excessive use of meat, and often produced when meat is not eaten to excess. Dr. J. H. Kellogg remarks, It is interesting to note that scientific men all over the world are awakening to the fact that the flesh of animals as food is not pure nutriment, but is mixed with poisonous substances, excrementitious in character, which are the natural results of animal life. The vegetable stores up energy. It is from the vegetable world, the coal and the wood, that the energy is derived which runs our steam engines, pulls our trains, drives our steamships, and does the work of civilization. It is from the vegetable world that all animals, directly or indirectly, derive the energy which is manifested by animal life through muscular and mental work. The vegetable builds up, the animal tears down. The vegetable stores up energy, the animal expends energy. Various waste and poisonous products result from the manifestation of energy, whether by the locomotive or the animal. The working tissues of the animal are enabled to continue their activity only by the fact that they are continually washed clean by the blood, a never-ceasing stream flowing through and about them, carrying away the poisonous products resulting from their work as rapidly as they are formed. The venous blood owes its character to these poisons, which are removed by the kidneys, lungs, skin, and bowels. The flesh of a dead animal contains a great quantity of these poisons, the elimination of which ceases at the instant of death, although their formation continues for some time after death. An eminent French surgeon recently remarked that beef tea is a veritable source of poisons. Intelligent physicians everywhere are coming to recognize these facts and to make a practical application of them. Here again you see we have no lack of evidence and many of the quotations with regard to the introduction of poisons into the system through flesh food are not from the vegetarian doctors but from those who still hold it right to eat sparingly of corpses but yet have studied to some extent the science of the matter it should be remembered that dead flesh can never be in a condition of perfect health because decay commences at the moment when the creature is killed all sorts of products are being formed in this process of retrograde change. All of these are useless, and many of them are positively dangerous and poisonous. In the ancient scriptures of the Hindus, we find a very remarkable passage, which refers to the fact that even in India, some of the lower castes at that early period commenced to feed on flesh. The statement made is that in ancient times, only three diseases existed, one of which was old age, but that now, since people had commenced to eat flesh, seventy-eight new diseases had arisen. This shows us that the idea that disease might come from the devouring of corpses has been recognized for thousands of years. End of section 3 Recording by Andrea Fiore